Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Riverfront's Trade Deadline Spectacular. Oh, we've got plenty of people here today to talk about everything you want to know about the uh, Cincinnati Reds Trade Deadline. I, am, I, of course, am Chad Dotson. Let's see who's next on the list. Hey, there he hey, is, it's Nate. How are you, Nate? What is going? I feel like my brain is broken from trying to pay attention to what's been going on for the last hour, but excited to talk about it. Absolutely, me as well. Um, also with us today, let's see who's next on this list. How about our guy from Late Night Reds, your friend oh, and mine, man. Carlos Guevara? How are you, Carlos? What's happening, boys? Pretty good day so far. How are y'all? Oh my gosh, Wild the happiest day. man that's going to be on here today. <laughs> definitely, definitely good to have you, Carlos. Next, let's see who else we got in the hopper here. How about the pod father, Bill Lack? How are you, Bill? <laughs> Doing all right, doing all right. Interested to see all the, the takes we have on the clearing out of the roster today. Oh, we're going to have some hot takes. Don't you worry about that. The hottest of all takes. <laughs> and uh, last but certainly not least, you all got to know him. Uh, you've heard his name many, uh, many times, but you've got, you got to know him a little bit uh, when I was gone there a couple weeks ago. Let's welcome to the show. If I can bring him in, there he is, Joe Farsing. How are you, Joe? I'm doing pretty good. What's you know, trying to keep track of everybody that's going everywhere, and my head's kind of spinning, so it's fun. <laughs> you and me both. Well, we're now, yeah, we're now past six o'clock, and uh, you know, obviously the trade deadline was six o'clock p.m. today, and we're all furiously uh, reloading and Twitter and seeing what we can uh, see. And a, a reminder that we'll have to keep watching that because just because six o'clock has passed, this doesn't mean that all the trades have been announced yet. Lots of Paperwork have to, has to be signed, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll keep following that as we go. What I want to do quickly is first I'm going to go on to um, onto the Twitters, and I'm going to tell people to come watch this. But all right, so first who, of all, let me having the, go ahead, Nate. Go ahead. I was going to say, who's having the best day today? I have a suspicion it is our man, Carlos. For those of you all that don't know, first off, what are you doing? you got to know Carlos. Second off, Carlos was a former big league pitcher in the Reds organization and also had a uh, had, had, had some fun with the San Diego Padres, who you may or may not have heard, did some things today. Carlos, how you feeling, man? Man, uh, pretty excited. It's, pr it's pretty cool to see, uh, you know, both teams that you root for on opposite ends of the <laughs> spectrum. It'd be way cooler if they were both on the same side of the trying to go get talent now. Uh, and win now, but um, at least the Padres are doing that for me right now, and you know, get to see the Reds try to rebuild from the ground up. From the ground That's up wild, is one man. way to put it. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Are we, are we at ground like... level, or are we at a hole under the ground level at this point? Oh, we're going to get to that, wow. Bill. Save, save your save your cold takes for uh, for a little while here. We're going to do some analysis <laughs> first. <laughs> um. I guess we should. What we should probably do here is uh, watch me adjust my chair, and then after that, mm -hmm. um, before we get into the individual deals, let's say that nothing else happens. That the Reds don't deal um, Kyle Farmer, that they don't deal uh, Donovan Solano, anyone else. The Reds are done with their business quickly. And I, I should have asked you all uh, for, to, to prepare something here. I'm going to go uh, around the around the table here. What's your grade for how Nick Crawl executed? This trade deadline, okay? We're gonna we're gonna put some of the other things aside that we will talk about tonight. But what's your grade for how he executed 
this uh, trade deadline. Uh, Joe, you've not weighed in yet. I'm going to let you go first. You want to give us a grade for Nick Crawl? I hate to give him a high grade because he's Nick Crawl, but honestly, you look at the returns that they got, and you can't be anything but happy. I mean, everyone was coming in looking, expecting that he was going to get fleeced or they were going to hold on and do something stupid, but I like the returns they got. The, um, uh, the guys they got back from Castillo, I mean, they, you got two – I don't know where you know when they redo the midseason or post you know when when they update the uh, prospect up you know the prospect ratings and everything. But you get two stud uh, shortstops. You got a couple useful pitchers. Um, I haven't been able to dig in too much to the returns for uh, Molly and Drury, but I mean they look very good as well. I mean you got another tall, lanky left-handed pitcher back for Molly. Um, I I know there was enough second baseman and a third baseman, I, I think, were the other guys, and then a shortstop back for uh, Drury. So, so that's an A-plus is what I'm hearing. We'll, we'll, say a, we'll say an A. We're not gonna, I don't want to give them too high. A, a solid A. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, Bill? I don't know. I, we, we've said for years that, that 18, 19-year-old players are just a lottery pick. Uh, so how, how do you grade this? I mean, you can grade it on you know what they may be in – four or five years, but who knows? I, I I have no confidence in this organization's ability to develop prospects. I have no confidence in them sticking to a plan. Do, do I think they got, it, it appears that they're willing to wait to be really terrible for two years, at least, and build these 18, 19 year old guys. How would you like to be uh, Stevenson or India right now? So uh, a D, I can't ask a simple question to any of you guys and just get an answer <laughs> on this show. That's like the history of the show. It depends on how you want to look at it. If you, if you want to look at it on making us competitive in the near future, it's an F. If, if you want to think that, you know, that they can develop these guys, it could be an A. You know, you, you, and, and we all have been watching sports long enough that we know you can't, you can't judge a trade on the day it's made. You have to see how it works out. But but we're that's what we're here to do is to judge on the day. That's what, that's what the people want. The question was this, Bill. Seriously, I'll just say you're not wrong about anything with anything you just said. But what grade do you give Nick Crawl for what he did? I, I have to split the middle. And I'll say a C because I, I don't know what it's gonna. You know, Carlos, you want me to, you, you want me to soothsay? <laughs> yes, exactly what I want. This is a, no. This is a podcast. <laughs> Um, I'm going with a with a B plus just because you know kind of you know backing on Bill a little bit. You don't know what these guys can do. People are telling us that they're great. I've never seen them play. I don't know, um, but there's so many people that are saying how well the Nick Crawl did that I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. They did basically what they said they were going to do, and they did really well at it. So I'm going to go B plus because I can't give it an A. It's because I've never seen these players. Nate. I'm going to go with a firm A++++. If you were just looking, if you were only looking at who got traded and what the expected return was for every player, I think Nick Crawl got more than anybody thought he could have got. The Castillo Hall was crazy. Getting anybody for Brandon Drury is awesome. We got some legit young dudes for Mally. And most importantly, nobody's brought it up yet, they just don't have Tommy Pham anymore. That's worth an A rating right there. Just getting rid of fam gives him an A. Um, we'll see how it goes down. This isn't a referendum on what the front office is going to do. We're going to get into that. But just based on the deals that were made, the prospects that were um, – that the 
Reds got for the guys they gave up, I think give it a, an A+. plus. All right. Well, I'm going to go – I think actually, I, you know, I, I can't really argue with anything anyone said except for A++. plus plus. That's completely outrageous. Um, <laughs> Nate, you can log off now. Um, I think I'm I go B+. Plus. Turns out. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm talking strictly Nick Crawl. And uh, Nick Crawl did pretty close to the best he could have done under the circumstances he was given. Uh, I, you know, I'm not uh, – as it stands today, I think it looks like he uh, – did about as well as you could do. I'm like Carlos. I, I, I've been. I've said this for years. I think all of us have, have kind of said this. Yeah, I don't. Even, I don't want to pay attention to somebody until they're out of high. A, you know, <laughs> at least give me some at bats at double A before we really start uh, giving them any credit. Um, so, but it does appear certainly. Uh, I don't know most of these guys. I never seen any of them play, but uh, people that I trust do uh, have good things to say about the guys that, that the Reds have got back. Mostly, not universally, but. Um, so I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go probably B plus as well. Uh, it could turn out to be just uh, you know, uh, none of them could work out because that's the nature of prospects, which is why this is frustrating to some of us. It could work out incredibly well, which would then require ownership to spend some money later on to fill in whatever holes there are. We'll get to that. Um, all right, let's let's go let's go one by one in the order, and let and if so, if we get a new trade announced at some point here. Um, Somebody interrupt me, and we'll talk about it. Um, let's go one by one and discuss the trades. First trade, of course, that the Reds made was uh, trading Tyler Naquin and Philip Deal to the New York Mets for Jose Acuna and Hector Rodriguez. God, uh, neither of those guys Na- are – what's that? The Naquin, the Naquin deal feels like a month ago. I <laughs> know. It's hard to believe it was really uh, within the last week. Um Neither one currently ranked in the top 30 prospects in the Mets organization. Uh, both teenagers, what I would call lottery picks. Acuna, 19-year-old right-handed pitcher. Rodriguez, 18-year-old. Um, let's see, both at low A right now. Um, I, you know, I don't know if anyone has any hot takes. I wanted to see – I would have liked to have seen Naquin stick around a little bit because he does mash lefties but or righties, but uh, – it is what it is. Anyone have a hot take on the uh, Tyler Naquin deal? I would like to see. I would like to see him get somebody to help out at least for roster for roster filler higher in the food in the any organization. Going going that young for guys that aren't rated anywhere, they basically gave Naquin away for nothing. What's I the point in getting guys? What's the point in getting guys that are? I mean, they 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 can pick up twenty five. Uh, you know, non-roster invitees next year on minor league deals to fill out. They're not going to win next year, so you know, who cares? I guess is what I would say. But you're you're right. If they if they still do have to fill the team, yeah. And I mean, you weren't ever really going to get anything worth anything for Naquin anyway. Um, I think people overvalue the players that they have, the one-year rental players that they have, and what you could possibly get for them at the trade deadline. There's not a whole lot out there. Um, what Drury got in return is probably about as best as you can get. I was hoping that it might have been, you know, a bullpen arm that that had some team control for a little bit that could help out next year because, you know, I know Chad, you've touched on it a while, um, and then Mo Egger has as well, but this bullpen has been bad for a very, very long time. And that's something that they can start on now. That doesn't have to wait for a rebuild. That, that can work now. You can find, 
you know, players, major league ready guys, triple A, double A that, that can make a difference in the big leagues. And you're not taking a, um, you know, a lottery ticket on an 18 or a 19 year old because those guys have proven themselves already, usually at the double A level, triple A level, and you know what you're getting. Um, I mean, just that, that Tyler Naquin, you know, to me, forgot about it. I, everything else seemed to, to work out really well for him. So I don't put much weight behind it. Yeah, you know what I'll, I'll say about I think I'm going to reverse myself um, a little bit uh, and, and maybe agree more with, with, with what Bill just said a moment ago, which is I think probably you're not going to get much for Tyler Naquin. You're just not. I mean, no. my hope would have been, I guess, that it would have been better maybe to have gotten someone that could be maybe a bench piece next year or a bullpen guy. Both of you guys have made me think, let's get somebody that can actually help the team next year because a 19-year-old and an 18-year-old, okay, whatever. Um, the chances of those guys working out are pretty slim. Uh, frankly, at, at their age. Um, but uh, I don't know. Uh, it's Tyler Nake when we're talking about. They weren't going to get anyone's top 10 prospect. Well, and, and an 18, 19 year old guy, we're not going to see him till 26, 25, late 25, early, you know, 26, maybe 27. You know, I, the Reds don't move guys through the organization fast historically. So, I mean, you're looking five. I have you know, to now. They're, they're going to have to now. Joe, uh, Nate, do you all have anything you want to add before we move into the, the trade everyone wants to talk about? Nate, when is the trade everyone wants to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, the next trade may be the one everyone wants to talk about. Yeah, I mean, no. it's it's the guy's a, a platoon, you know, platoon hitter, and you get what you can get. Yeah, getting, you know, someone who can contribute to the bullpen would be helpful, but that, you know, there's five other issues with the bullpen within, you know, all the young guys that are injured and they've got all the old guys that are terrible. So that's, you know, you get what you get with some for that. So. Uh, definitely. The yeah. Braves just acquired Roselli Glacius, by the way. Did they, uh, the national league. No way. More than one? Yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Did the angels give up, you know, Something, nothing, you know, or give a get nothing I, for him. I'm sure they got Tucker more than Davidson. the Reds got. Jesse Chavez and Tucker Davidson. So, all right, let's uh, Weird. let's move into the, the the trade that everyone wants to talk about, and that's obviously Tommy Fam. Uh, no way, excuse me, I, I skipped one. I skipped one. This is the one that is, uh, you know, I wrote last week. It makes all the sense in the world to explore trade, but it still hurt when it happened. This is uh, the Reds' ace, two-time All-Star Luis Castillo traded to the Seattle Mariners. In return, the Reds minor leaguers, and I think it's fair to say that uh, by all accounts, um, Nick Crawl acquitted himself very well in this one. Noelvi Marte uh, was a Mariners' uh, top-rated prospect. Edwin Arroyo by some uh, by some analysts, was the second-best prospect, and also uh, Levi Stout and Andrew Moore. We can break down all those guys. Um, Marte and Arroyo are the keys there, frankly, but um, I guess I'll go to you first. Thoughts about the Luis Castillo trade? Anything, good, bad, ugly. Did we lose Carlos? He sent him out. Well, I can hear you. He back. Oh, there he is. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked about it at length in the last couple podcasts. I I think just from a 
if if Nick Crawl was told he needs to trade Luis Castillo, that they're not going to resign him, he's not in their long term plans, he does it for the timeline, trade him and maximize their return. I think he did that, but our opinions on this were fairly well known. I wish they would have kept him. He's a top five Reds pitcher in the history of the franchise. Had a couple kids born in Cincinnati. You look over at San Diego at that deal. Um, Musgrove just signed, and you got to wonder, like, is, is, is five years 100? Would that have kept Luis Castillo in Cincinnati? I don't know, of course. He's definitely worth more than that. It'd have to be a similar hometown discount, but I hate seeing him. I'm going to hate seeing him in a Mariners uniform. But it was a good return. I don't understand why you can't just make the team good. Like <laughs> that, that's my frustration with it. Yeah, he's good. I want good players playing for the Reds. I mean, if you accept the premise that the Reds have to trade him, I don't accept that premise. But if you accept that premise, then yeah, I'll take this. You know, I'll take this. This quote unquote haul the Reds got for him. Everybody loves getting a haul. Um, <laughs> sure, I'll take it. I've got no, no issues with who they got, but I, I, I reject the premise that they had to trade him. Uh, Joe, what do you think? Again, I mean, I had said the, um, a couple weeks ago that I didn't I actually didn't think that they would trade him because as much as they backtracked this spring after the backlash of them trading everyone else. But I think it was a given their, you know, what they're doing. It seems like it was the right thing to, you know, it, it was the right thing to do with, you know, with them totally rebuilding, tearing down and they got a heck of a, you know, got, got a heck of a return. You got two really, really highly thought of shortstops that are at least they're not they're not in rookie league or in low A. I, what double A or I don't know where they're going to be moved to, but I mean they're you know they're not you know still playing uh, complex ball yeah. or anything. So uh, the pitcher Morg has what he hits 103. He's got a live arm if he can command. I was. Uh, I don't know if you guys listened to Jim Day's podcast, they had Jim Callis on to talk about the draft picks, but it was right after the Castillo trade. Um, and he said that the, the return that they got was phenomenal. Um, Moore is a sleeper because he's, he'll be a reliever. Um, he's got a big arm, and that's I don't know how quickly he's going to move, but I don't know much. About, I haven't seen much about the other guy, Levi denim jeans whatever his last name is um <laughs> but yeah i mean for their stated goal of rebuilding and the and what they got but i'm you know i'm okay with it we got some breaking news boys the reds, reds have acquired trade austin romine from the cardinals in exchange for cash considerations yes. castellini's spending money six dollars and 42 cents so <laughs> gas prices Romine. go down prospects go up <laughs> Romine, he's got big league time right he's 30 he does yeah 33 years old what why are we that's the thing they should have done that okay as soon as tyler stevenson got hurt like not this last time but one of the other times like they had no yeah. catchers with any big league experience with the youngest pitchers in the league that was the most baffling thing ever I mean, how do you just run out, you know, whatever, Michael Papirski and whoa, whoever the heck is out there. Papirski the right slander. You got big, you got these top-notch 
starters and they're relying on their catcher and their catcher's relying on them. The hell's going on? And that's something we talked about not too long ago. It's it's crazy with all go get some there's there's so many catchers kicking around out there with major league time. You're signing guys that really frankly have no business being in the big leagues. Um that's again, we're going to uh, praise Nick Cross some today, but that's 100% on him for not acquiring a single major league catcher in the offseason. Well, they had, other, who did they have? They had Fanny Leone, right, in AAA? Who had they sent him to yeah. Cleveland, right? I don't, yeah. I don't care if he hits water, couldn't hit water coming up, falling out of a boat. As long as he can handle that pitching staff and guide them somehow. Like, what does it matter if the catcher can hit right now or not? They got Romine for two yeah. months. He's free agent, and he's 33 years old. This is kind of a idiotic move. I don't understand it. Like basically, it's it's just they, they just need someone who's not Soto Popinski or uh, Chris Okidoki to catch. But I don't know. All right, I, you know, I'm gonna down I'm gonna downgrade my rating to a plus plus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, so it's, I, it's enough to move, is, but it you know, it's it's weird. What I said is the Reds still have three months of the season left, and they have some really young pitchers and. Uh, you know, I can't say I uh, if, if I can I can't say I disagree with an idea of getting a veteran catcher in there instead of the you know paper factory or whatever that guy's name is. But um, who's gonna who's gonna fill those two spots in the rotation for the rest of the year? Jeffrey Hoffman. That'll be one of them. Dunn Williamson. They only Mike need Miner's one rotation. Mike Miner's already Mike in the rotation. Miner's he got he done pitched twice in five days. <laughs> they had a six-man rotation. We need to fill one spot. Uh, they're they're uh, back to a five-man rotation. I think Dunn's healthy. Well, they traded two pitchers. Well, yeah, but the six guys traded two, so now they had four, and then you just need and, one. And, and, and how many of the young guys are going to are, are going to inning out in the next month or six? Weeks? I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll inning out until like mid-September. And then we'll have, as Joey says here, uh, Adam Dunn. I think is his name. Um, Junior. Scotty Williamson or Brandon Williamson, Jesse Dunn, Brandon Williamson. Yeah, um, it, it, that's what they'll do. But you know what? This also presumes that everyone stays healthy. Yeah, and that Reds pitchers always stay healthy. Yeah, well, the Reds players always stay healthy. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's unpack the Luis Castillo, Luis Castillo deal again. Boy, I, I just I absolutely despise seeing that guy go. Um, I don't understand. I don't think it was a necessity. Um, I'm happy with the return, as I've already said, but I don't, I'm not sure people understand just how good Luis Castillo has been. I mean, I, I look back over the last 75 years. Um, he's absolutely one of the top seven starters that the Reds have had in the last 75 years. I think he's top five. And so that's basically, you know, almost everyone who's watching the Reds, he's one of the five to seven best pitchers you've ever seen in a Reds uniform. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm good. I'm having difficulty accepting the fact that he's wearing a different uniform now. Bill, you have any thoughts on the Castillo trade? I, you've said everything I, I've got to say. I, we better just get used to it. Uh, that, that's what I fear. I, this, this team is going to be really bad for at least the next two years, and probably. More than that, I mean, even if all these guys are, or most of these guys work out, we're still, you know, four or five years before they're actual big league contributors. I mean, you know, well, you it, got six guys standing at shortstop, you know. 
it's true. Uh, Nate posted a good meme about that, about Nick uh, Crawl getting all the shortstops. But uh, again, I don't have a problem. I, I actually have I'm, I'm, very I'm little problem. The, Red, the Reds have a history of turning shortstops into good defensive players in other positions. If you can play shortstop, you can play anywhere on the field. Right. Get the best guys you can get. The only problem I have with getting all those shortstops is I can't imagine there's going to be any room on the big league level for any shortstop for the next five, six years. I mean, they've already got Kyle Farmer. I mean, they're going to go ahead and move all these guys, right? Well, okay. guy, like Kyle Farmer. When Barry's, when Barry's the manager, that's what he wants. He wants to put the big C on him. That's right. Well, one of the things that frustrates me about this, and you know, I get people being excited for the return. It was objectively you know, a good job in that regard. But people just being over the moon excited for this. Like the future is so bright. Noel de Marte is going to be the future. And the guy is so far away. Like it's, it's, it's not a market size thing. You know who doesn't play in a big market? The San Diego Padres. Milwaukee. They're a, they're a bottom five market. And look at the deals they're making. It comes down from ownership. The Padres got that new owner a few years ago. The guy shows up, says, if we don't win a championship, heads are going to roll. They had that really bad second half, fell out of contention. Heads rolled. Managers got fired. Coaches got fired. If your owner wants to win, your market size doesn't matter. And that's what frustrates me the most is that we can get excited for these trades. We can we can praise Nick Crawl for doing a good job in a vacuum, but it doesn't take – I'm not a giant – Chattanooga Lookouts fan. I do like some of the boys down with the Tortugas, but that's more because they're hefty and they're called the Tortugas than anything else. Like, I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan. I'm a fan of the big league club. I've been to more Richmond Flying Squirrels games than I have, you know, Dayton games. So getting too fired up is just not going to happen until the day comes when the Castellinis or whoever it ends up being is forced to spend some money on the big league club that I am a fan for that C on Chad's hat. Yeah, this is, I'm with you. I'm not overly excited or anything like that. It's what I'm talking <laughs> about, Chad. Um, this is step one out of like 10 steps that they need to go through to be a legitimate contender. Like, okay, you got step one, right? Now what? And when is the end game is the other question. What data are we what, are shooting for 23 or 24, 25? 26? Like, how long are you going to string this along? Yeah, I saw somebody post today that said, these are the kind of moves that you have to make to set yourselves up for success. And it's just like the Reds had in 2010 to 2013. Is it, that, that, that's what we get? Is, is no playoff wins? <laughs> maybe. Can't wait. I don't know. Maybe they turn half of these prospects that they got this year into somebody next year to shoot for 24. I'm guessing that's probably the best case scenario for Reds fans that want to win now, because it's not going to happen next year. It's not going to be in nope. 23. Nope. It could be 24. Maybe they give two, three of these guys up for, you know, somebody that's got two, three years of control left. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Well, yeah, I, I think you, you touched on something really important here that I have been a little bit frustrated with, and then and I'll ask Joe and Bill to, to weigh in on this, this part of it as well. Um, I see lots of people that are insanely excited about the hall, about what the Reds are doing, really excited. And I get being excited that they didn't screw it up. But what I say to everyone is, okay, yes, that's a, these are good, good trades in a vacuum. 
But do you trust, number one, do you trust the Castellinis not to change course on their uh, their plan or whatever in 18 months, like they do every 18 months? Um, and and do you count on when, uh, on, with this ownership and management, when the Reds get to a point where some of these guys are getting closer to the big league levels to actually spend the money around them to, to make a good roster? If you want to get extremely excited about all these great young 19-year-olds, okay, fine, be excited. I don't care if you're excited. Enjoy the baseball however you want to enjoy baseball. But um, you got to kind of lie to yourself a little bit. Or, or maybe you're not lying to you. Maybe you really do believe that this uh, ownership, that something's changed since three months ago when they signed uh, Tommy Pham and Mike Miner because they uh, panicked. That something's changed and all of a sudden they're going to be running the right way the next two years. That's fine. If you want to believe that, again, more power to you. I really don't care. It doesn't hurt me at all. Uh, to me, not a chance I'm going to believe. They're going to have to show me. Joe, so, Bill, y'all want to jump in on that? Uh, I, I, I agree with you. You know, I've, I've, I've said for years, I'm from Missouri. you got to show me. And the Reds have never shown me. This organization, this management team, this ownership has never shown me that they understand what it takes to win at a consistently at a big league level. The other thing I want to talk about is how bad the next two years are going to be. And, Chad, you've talked about this many times, this lost Reds generation. And this ain't going to do nothing to help that. Because the, 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 the attendance figures over the next two years are going to crater at the ballpark. Oh, definitely. The um, Bengals had over 28,000 fans at their uh, open practice on Saturday. Reds have only outdrawn that five times now. They Saturday, the Reds drew more because I, I, there was some concert or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, it, Bengals practice is outdrawing, you know, the Reds this year. So that's, you know. Well, the Reds also drew that, Joe, on Saturday because people came from the Bengals practice to the Reds. I, that, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably just made a day of it. So. Um, <laughs> I know people honestly, that did that, yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, honestly, you look at it as what else you got to look forward to. I mean, it's. Where are you going to go? But more, I mean, that, that's, yeah. <laughs> to parrot and paraphrase that D-bag, um, <laughs> you, you, I'm, I'm a Reds fan, born and bred. I mean, I, you're not going to have winning baseball this year or next year or probably 24. So you look for the silver linings. And since 1990, I mean, that's what you grasp onto is the silver linings. That's why you stay a fan. It's, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be awful this year and next year. I think that there's a plan, again, that they're going to execute it is no chance in hell, but there's a plan for 24 because there's not $1 committed to payroll for 2024. So they're, you know, they're clearing the decks so that they can either have 26 guys making the league minimum or, you know, try to invest, go out and get guys by that time, you know, Maybe they'll spend it more wisely. Probably not because these are the same bags that got uh, that thought it was wise to sign Tom, uh, Mike Mustakas to a four-year deal when nobody would sign him to more than a one-year deal and sign all these guys in their mid-thirties before this. You know, Mike Miner. Moose might be Moose might be hitting in the three-hole the rest of the year, boys. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's, well, that's what happened? But that's basically what I was saying. Well, you know, um, they'll have all this money. They have all this, these prospects now, but they're going to have to at some point capitalize on having all that money. They're going to spend some of it to, to do it. And you get, do you trust this organization? Well, trust them at your peril, I would say. Um, but it's true. Hope, that hope's not an option, but hope is the only, again, the, why are, why are we, why are there five of us here 
watching a team that's been awful for most of my life, pretty much all of Nate's life, you know, a huge chunk of everyone's lives because we hope they're, you know, they're going to do something right. We, we don't expect no. it. Yeah. Carlos, I mean, Carlos is here to the, old, the old guy can say, no, not me. Yeah. <laughs> Carl, Carlos over here with Juan Soto on his team. I think he's doing okay. <laughs> I'm just here to wear my shirt. I dig that shirt, man. The city hey, connect. Those, those are awesome. Nope. Um, I had a uh, comment here from James Irvin below there, and, and maybe we just talk about that really quickly because it is something that kind of, you know, um, a lot of us have touched on. And, and Carlos, uh, mm-hmm. maybe you touch on this uh, first if you want. What's got to be going through Joey Votto's head right now? You know, he, you know, he, he's never going to admit that the end is near, but it's certainly the end is closer than it was, you know, than it ever has been in his career. Um that's the nature of, of time, but uh, now he just it's it's pretty much obvious that he, the Reds are never going to have a team um, while he's there. There's while he still has a contract, uh, uh, they're just they're not going to be good. It's it's obvious. What what's going through that guy's head? Um, honestly, I think he's going to stay on the same path. He's going to try to make himself be the best player that he can be for himself because he wants to end his career well. He doesn't want to kind of go out the way he did in his first half. Um, you know, he had a rough year injury-wise, COVID, you know, the lingering effects of that, getting hurt, like, you know, his back, all kinds of stuff are going on. But, you know, the, the Reds have been doing this his, his entire career. You know, they made a couple of attempts to become competitive, but he's used to this. He's, he's not worried about that. He's, you know, of course, obviously he would love to win, but it's more of finishing his career the right way. And he doesn't want to stop playing next year. So he's going to, you know, prove, try to prove himself. So that way, you know, maybe if the Reds don't want to pick up his option, somebody else might. Who knows? But he wants to force that hand. He wants them to have to make that decision. So what's going on now? You know, sure, it's going to suck, but he'll say to himself, it sucks for like five minutes. And then he's going to go back to work and be in the professional that he's been for the last, I mean, however many years it's been, he's been a Red. So I'm, I'm not worried about his mental state about it because, He's too, he's too much of a professional to let that stuff bother him, and because if if, the, if he would let that stuff bother him, he wouldn't be the player that he is, and continually to grind out season after season for the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, I don't. Doesn't say. I don't think there's a re- go ahead, Sorry, go ahead, Joe. Do you think that there's a resignation that it's this is just you know this is how I'm gonna you know kind of putter out the rest of my career on you know on on a bottom feeder or you know. I'm, Obviously, yeah, there's a chance he can play, you know, he can play after this contract expires, but he's going to be 40 years old and he's a first base DH only unless he turns into Nelson Cruz, you know, I don't know, it's got to be hard for him to look at. And he'll he'll be another one of these players that were great Reds players that never got to play in a World Series. Yeah, I don't don't see it having any any, uh, impact on his uh, day to day. I mean, he's. He's, he's going to be Joey Votto. He's going to still be working to be the best he can be. I just uh, think about it just in terms of what a shame that ownership okay. couldn't pull out all the stops to get a winner for a generational talent like this. And and who knows, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe this Marte kid's going to be the next one. But uh, chances are, there's a pretty good chance we'll, that we'll never see a better player in Cincinnati than Joey Votto. I mean, you know, he's he's a Hall of Famer. So I don't know. I just I feel bad. Um, I feel just I feel bad for me mostly. Let's just be honest. Um, being selfish, I don't really care about Joey Votto. I want the Reds to win for me. I'm sorry. I tried to keep up the charade for a moment there. And I, 
I couldn't do it. So, um, are there any of these prospects that you guys are particularly excited about that you know something about that you think sort of you know are going to make a difference sometime in the not so 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 distant future? Not me. I mean, I think y'all know how I feel about prospects. Um, <laughs> I mean, we can just go to last year, Jose Barrero. He was the next Barry Larkin. Yeah. Fast forward 12 months, where are we now? Like, Kyle Farmer's the next Barry Larkin, according to Barry Larkin. Yeah. That, that's where we are and now. That would, yeah, that would no, be that's... the next that's move they made that guy the manager. I was uh, I was buying uh, the Barrero hype. I'm still, uh, in some ways, buying the hype. I think he's got that handmade injury that takes a while he's to recover to better. But, yeah, yeah, it'll take him a while. But I, 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 I'm not giving up on him yet, but I've said for years – I don't care about prospects. I want good major league players. Uh, to me, prospects are valuable only uh, to the extent that they can get you good big league players at some point, either by becoming good big league players or by being used in a trade for big league players. And so um, I, I will say this. There's there a piece over at Fangraphs that I would suggest you go over and take a look about, at about the um, – Castillo deal. It's by Eric Longenagin, who's the kind of the prospect guy over there. And he is extremely high on uh, Noel V. Marte. Uh, probably higher than almost anyone else. He concedes that he's a little bit higher. Um, has him as the number 11 prospect in all of baseball. Um, and he's, he, you know, he had Edwin Aurora was a kind of a high upside guy as well. But, um, and he had, he had kind of things to say about everyone, but he calls uh, Marte, again, 20 years old, um, and is I think making his first start tonight at high for Cincinnati, but calls him a potential all-star shortstop. Um, says that uh, some scouts and clubs were discouraged by his early season conditioning, so we need to get him with with Mike Mustakas, I think. But um, but he thinks he can stay at shortstop, and uh, he thinks he can mash. So uh, I would encourage you to go read that piece over at Fangraphs because again I. I knew nothing about any of these guys before the trade and reading that made me think, Oh, okay. Well, you know, um, and then some other things I read again, I don't have a problem with the, with the return they got. So that's, that's my suggestion. Anybody else have anything to say about any of these uh, prospects? Yeah. I'm um, kind of excited about the, a couple of these guys that we got in the Tyler Malley deal. Um, especially well, let's talk about that. I'm sorry. Quickly. Oh, yeah. Let me just say, cause we, cause we didn't get to that one. Let me just say res did trade today. Tyler Malley to the Minnesota twins. Let's just go ahead and run through the last uh, trades, and we can just talk about him. Before Tyler Malley, the Reds traded Tommy Pham to the Boston Red Sox for who cares. The Reds traded Tyler Malley to the Minnesota Twins for prospects Spencer Steer, Christian Encarnacion Strand, Stephen Hajar, I think. Uh, Baseball America had Steer as the Twins' fourth-rated prospect, Hajar 11th-rated, Encarnacion Strand as the 14th-rated prospect. Um, and then Brandon Drury to the Padres for – Victor Acosta, who was the number 11 prospect in the Padres organization until they traded everybody for Juan Soto, and then he moved up to number six, and now he's in the Reds organization. So anyway, Nate, go ahead. You were going to talk about the the, who, the haul they got from uh, for uh, Tyler Malley. What I liked about it was that they had they got two sluggers, two potential sluggers, one of which might be in Louisville already. Uh, Spencer Steer, the kid mashes. He's got an 889 OPS this year, and I like that. We might actually see him in a Reds uniform soon, so that kind of gets me excited. But the other guy, um, Christian Encarnacion Strand, he is a big boy. It's like six foot two thirty. He just mashes. Nine eighty six OPS with twenty five home runs. 
I'm just looking at his frame, and you know how a lot of these short stops, these middle infielder types, so look at him like, oh, if he can, you know, grow into his frame, some power might come with it. If this guy grows into his frame, he's going to be the hefty boy I've been waiting on. He is just a thick, thick fella that has potential to hit 30, 30 plus, maybe 40 home runs in Grand American Ballpark. But mostly, I just like they got a couple guys with a lot of offensive upside that are close to being MLB ready. Also, that Edwin Arroyo in the Luis Castillo trade, apparently I was reading he can throw with both arms. He, he was a left-handed pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. So that's – I want to see him play two. a couple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Let's get that guy two gloves and mix it up on the mound a little bit. There you go. Uh, I don't this Encarnacion Strand or whatever his name is. Um, again, he's he was just a 14th rated prospect in that organization, a deep, deep, deep minor league system in Minnesota. But he's the one guy that I saw everyone talking about being a masher uh, for whatever reason. Again, I don't know, but he has a cool name. I'm going to call him Edwin from here on out. No Juan. Uh, no love for Juan. No, not no, not Juan. Edwin. Um, Carlos, what do you think about this Juan Soto deal? Juan Soto, of course, rated the Padres today Ooh, from the Nationals. And we're going to bring this back around to the Reds in a moment. What did you think about that? That's crazy. It is. I mean, I kept hearing it for the last couple of weeks as of the possibility. I'm like, no way. Nothing good ever happens to me. So it's not going to happen. Who <laughs> <laughs> can't have to? I'm kidding. Um, but, you know, this morning, Stuff started coming through. I was like, holy crap, they're going to get them. They get it. And it's like, I hope I'm in this position in three, four years from now with the Reds. You know, maybe they do this. That's all we can do. Like Joe said, we can hope. That's all why we're still here, right? Um, it's the only thing I've been excited about for the Padres since 2008 when I was there. So it's been a long time. Um, I'm excited for the city. It's the only thing that they have going on. No football, no anything else. So, I mean, it was, who were they playing? I think they were playing the Twins like last Thursday or Wednesday, and it was a sold-out stadium for the Twins. That's how much hype was there. Now you throw in Soto and um, what's the reliever, the lefty guy from the Brewers? Hater. 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 I mean, they're going all in, and it's not for just this year either. It's going to be for a couple of years, and that's what you want to happen whenever you're – you know, a fan of, of your favorite team. So, I mean, I couldn't be happier. I will see the way it plays out. They are only going for a wild card spot because they're not catching the Dodgers. So, we'll see how it plays out. I'm excited. And getting Josh Bell in that trade, too, was yeah. kind of unsung. He's having a great year. Yeah. And Drury's no slouch either. He's having a good year. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, uh, you know, I think those homers are going to turn into doubles at Petco, but we'll take it. Yeah, but what is what is wrong with baseball when the Nationals had yeah they won that won the World Series and they had you know Bryce Harper and and Rendon and Trey Turner and Max Scherzer and um, and Juan Soto and and they tear it all down. But how is how can you know I don't know maybe I'm uh, being too melodramatic here as I usually am but Juan Soto's a you know multiple time All Star he's like. 14 years old, and he's made like 17 All-Star games already. How do you not build around that guy for the next 
15 years. I, I don't understand. Why are you even in the game if you're not going to build around a Juan Soto? I mean, we're talking about a Hall of Famer. He may get hurt. He may not end up being a Hall of Famer, but he's a Hall of Fame talent. No question. How do you, how do you not build around? It's not it's, like it's they didn't make him a substantial offer. I mean, they made him a substantial offer. That was less than what he's worth on the open market. I don't think he wanted to be there. I, I, I think it was a matter of it doesn't matter what the price tag was. He sees oh, the, the drain of talent. And you wonder if Washington is worried about looking at um, the Angels with, you know, with what they try to do with Mike Trout. I mean, he's he's not a generational talent. He's a most talented player in the history of the game, and they keep you know throwing money trying to get guy you know build around it, and and they can. So you almost wonder if you know they're, you know, you get different sides of the coin. But how much did Soto want to be there, and how much did they not want to be the Angels having this generational guy you know making. 40, 50 million a year and trying to build around and, and crap in the bed year after year after year. He also might have gone to San Diego during the winter offseason and <laughs> just said, This is a better situation for me to live in than the winter in Washington, D.C., which yeah. is not. Yeah. Bill's right. They made a substantial offer, but, you know, it, it, was, it wasn't enough to convince him to stay. Uh, and so if you want to build around him, you got to convince him to stay. Um, I don't know. I just, yeah, but, uh, but, but like Joe said, there may not have been a, an offer high enough to get true. him. It's possible. It's yeah. possible. They, well, they're going to be fun to watch. Get him on a Mike Trout deal, and he said no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's. And he's twenty three, and if I was twenty three and I saw, I mean, I can't even name all the all stars, borderline all famers that they got rid of. Why would you want to stay there? I mean, it's like. Yeah. Hunter Green is supposed to be the generational talent, and he's here. Now what? Yeah. Are we just going to waste the next two years? The first three years of his career are going to be wasted if they don't win next year. Like that's, well, yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to get to next. Is like, what's what? What does this say about Hunter Green, Nickel Dolo, Jonathan Indian, Tyler Stevenson, the guys that everybody sort of agrees are you know, going to be the faces of the franchise for the next good Reds team? We're throwing at least two, maybe three seasons down the drain for guys that you want to stick around. You want to, you know, them to enjoy being in Cincinnati, to be the stewards for your franchise. And all you've done is tell all their buddies that you don't like them. They should go somewhere else. Well, I think about 2026 or whatever, 2025, three years from now, the Reds, if they're garbage for two or three straight seasons, Jonathan India and Tyler Stevenson are going to be the same ages as Tyler Malley, for example, and Luis Castillo. I mean, um, and if the Reds are unsuccessful then, I guarantee this is what's going to happen. I don't want to believe it, but I'm just it, – it's happened to us too many times. They're going to trade them for a haul. They're going to trade both those guys for a haul, and certain hey, commentators are going to get so excited. So tweet it out so that way in six years we can send it to old takes exposed again. I hope, I will, I'll do that, yes. <laughs> We'll tweet out that clip. And I think the Reds made very I think the Reds made very clear that for the next two years they're not gonna spend any money. I mean they could have well I mean we we talked off and on about a a reasonable small extension to keep Drury around. And in and in the press today, Nick Cross said that wasn't even on the table. And to me that says they're gonna spend no money in the next two years. Yeah, I, I think uh, his agent probably shut that down. He's like, no, he's not going to take a discount. He's going to go to wherever he's going to go, hit well, and then really get paid because the Reds aren't going to pay him what he's going to be worth next year. 
the only chance they had to extend him was to do it now and to get some sort of a hometown discount. Maybe he'd take a two to three year deal to help build him to get his numbers, kind of like Sam was saying, but in this ballpark, but he's, he's not going to get a discount now. Well, this be might good. be his one chance to get a, get a payday, a real payday. For sure. You know, so you can't blame him. Really. Is he going to get a payday though? He came in as a, you know, minor league free agent and he's hit well, but he's not. He, 20 homers <laughs> get you paid. Well, yeah. it'll give him a major defined, deal. Defined pay. I mean, I mean, this is more money than I'm ever going to see in my life, but I mean, in terms of, is he going to get a, you know, three and a half million a year or is he going to get, you know, for, you know, for one year or is he going to get three, four years at nine, 10, you know, at 12. No, I, whenever I say he's going to yeah. get paid, he's going to get paid probably triple as much as he's ever made, probably closer to the three and a half year, three yeah. and a half million a year, which is going to yeah. be paid for him because he's yeah. never sniffed that probably never thought he was going to get that. Yeah. And so there's no, no way his agent's going to let him, you know, just sign that now. Well, and the other thing I, th- I don't think we think of very often because we th- throw these numbers get these big numbers get done. But which the, the numbers you're just talking about three and a half million a year for three years, he and his family are set for the rest of his life when his career's over in three years. He ne- he will never have to worry about money the rest of his life. And I think we forget that sometimes when we think about this money that, that you know a one year three million dollar deal or a three year nine million dollar deal or whatever. But you know. They're set for the rest of their lives, and they, and that's what I think a lot of these guys are thinking about. Look at this question from Ben Johnson. I think it's a good question from over at uh, youtube.com slash Cincy. Why would India or Stevenson sign an Austin Riley-type extension now? Riley, of course, the Braves' um, young stud who signed a 10-year extension. The organization has proven to them uh, they, will, they will spend to put a team around them. So um, I agree. The Reds aren't going to. Even I can't imagine they're going to seek to sign either of those guys to a long-term deal. Frankly, if you wanted to um, convince people like me that there was some kind of a plan, that'd be an interesting move here the next uh, you know six months to sign those guys to you know uh, I don't know five or six years buy out a couple of years of free agency or something. Well, know, those guys, um, yeah, those are, guys aren't getting Austin Riley money anyway, so it's you know they, it would be affordable to get Tyler Stevenson. I I think a five or six year deal. So pay, you know, buy out uh, the first couple years of free agency, even, and, and you know, I, I think that should be your first move if you want to prove anything. I just spent to prove that this that there is a plan in place that you're going to spend money that you know as soon as this money is off the books, you know, it's not like you got to pay him a lot of money in 2023. I mean, it you 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 know you tear it so he's making backload two million dollars next year, and then you know it, it it goes up from there. So I mean, it's. I, I would do that before anyone else is Steven, you know, would, would be the sign Tyler Stevenson. Yeah. If I had uh, just tell you had three trips to the IL in one season, I might be inclined to take that. Yeah. Take that deal. Well, Stevenson had trouble staying healthy in the minor leagues too. This isn't new for Stevenson. That's why I said they need to move him to DH. No way. That's not what I said at all. Yeah. <laughs> to answer the question, though, why would they sign it? Go uh, ask Joey why he signed his. Yeah. Ten years, that's a lot of guaranteed money. Yeah. So yeah. would play anywhere for that type of money. Well, look at the Braves. You know, not just Austin Riley, but Ozzie Albies, Acuna. You know, they got Matt Olson locked up. I mean, it's I can't imagine how difficult it must be to get – Players to sign those Acuna and Albies type deals, but Oof, you should be having the Acuna deal. Yeah, you should That's be. That's probably I mean, what he, made them win was Acuna signing that deal 
that may be able to spend that type of money that should have gone to him to like four other players. Yeah, yeah, you got a top five talent making half as much as Austin Riley is now. But you should <laughs> yeah. be having those conversations with every single one of your guys that you think are going to be there. Like, what's it going to take to get you to just sign right now and keep you here for the next decade? If it's 10 mil a year for 10 years, like it was for a couple of these guys, I mean, at least you have something to build around at that point. Get them in one, you know, when they're really, really young, not when they're a year or two away from hitting free agency and they can already sort of see those dollar signs. It's crazy to see a functional and prescient uh, front office that has a plan and executes it. I mean, you're not going to hit every single signing. Not everyone's going to work fine. But, I mean, you see all of these organizations that, you know, they're not even in bigger, you know, bigger markets. Like, they have an idea. They go out and do it. Look, look, look in Milwaukee. I mean, look at the haul they got for trading away Hater. That's a smaller market than Cincinnati. Why can't they, you know, yeah. frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> It is frustrating. San Diego, 27th biggest market in, in, in America. You know, Milwaukee is roughly the same as Cincinnati. Um, the reason the Reds have to, quote, unquote, have to do this kind of churn, 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 trade for prospects is not because of the market. Quit saying that. It's completely because of the of ownership, 100%. Although I'll say this. I think we made a tactical mistake this spring. Uh, when we said sell the team, Bob, we should have probably been more specific. <laughs> He's selling the team piece by piece, piece. now. Yeah. Um, Well, the other part is we have an owner who's using the team for income as opposed to owners that use it just for an investment. So he cares about every penny coming in and out, which is why, you know, he's so particular, you know, he's got a strict budget because he's counting on that money coming in to, you know, know, to to line line his pockets year after year instead of a huge investment and sell it off and, 10 years when the, you know, when the, uh, when the market doubles, you get the poorest uh, owner in the major, you know, poorest with, you know, relatively speaking, but he's relying on absolutely. the team for income, not just for an investment. So, uh, who are the, who are the five Reds players now that make more than 3 million a year? Minor. Joey Votto. Joey Votto. Mike Moustakas, Smith said Mike Miner, Donovan Solano. Oh, who, uh, why they didn't trade him, I have I no idea. And one. then Nate, Nate said the other one. King Griffey Jr. is the other. <laughs> he made it into the top five. Big day for Griffey. I got a conspiracy theory. Here's what's happening. All these Wait, guys first, have wings. Why are we worried? Aquino's back. Aristides Aquino's back. He just drove into. He's your starting left fielder for the rest of the year. There we go. Yes. All right, Nate, I want to hear your conspiracy theory. All these guys, Castillo, Malley, um, Jury included, they all have wink, wink, handshake deals with Nick Craw that they're all coming back in free agency. These were rentals, and they're all going to be back on the team in two years. Yeah, all right. Somebody That's, tell me what there's your optimism. Smoking. I'll have what you're smoking. Yeah, come on. Get out of here. Um, They're clearing the deck so they can sign Shohei because he's a free agent after next year. That's why 2024 is the target year. I prefer the conspiracy that they are uh, reducing expenses, getting rid of all the contracts they've got in order to make the team more uh, attractive to potential buyers because Bob Castling is ready to sell. That's my – that's mine. Um, I just got to say, the 2026 Reds are going to be incredible. 
I'm excited, right? Twenty twenty six. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh boy. Our, let's just say for the rest of the year we can root for the Padres because we root for a couple of Reds. Carlos's happiness. We can root for the Mariners because they they are the Reds. I think they just acquired Kurt Casali today also. So. so how many how many how many former Reds are on Seattle right now? Five, six, seven? Most of them. Most of yeah. them. Five. I think five. Tamel, like, you know, Tamel, Winker. Tamel, Winker. Around? Winker. Uh, Suarez. Castillo. Taylor Trammell. And Kirk Casali, I think. I looked it up. So. Well, I just want to offer out a heartfelt congratulations to Nick Crawl. You did your job. And congratulations to uh, Dayton and Daytona. You guys are going to have a fun couple of years. Travis Jankowski, another ex-red. Oh, there we go. Wow. Hey, Jankowski just signed with him. He was a Jankowski was a DFA'd by the Mets, I think, Mets, when yeah. the, they got Tyler Naquin. So wow. Didn't he, didn't he start our last playoff game? Uh no, that was no. uh who was there was somebody I can't remember. They got that was a big was the big first I don't know who he was he was playing DH, I think, but who's the big first base guy that could hit home runs? This is ridiculous. It's not like we have that many playoff games to remember. What was this in 2020? Yeah. Yeah, we had I think the DH that day was like some, some guy who'd never played for the team again. Never played anywhere again as far as I know. Uh somebody needs to look that up and uh, send it to us in the comments. Um uh, listen, I got I, I need to say one thing. I need to get this off my chest. So I'm sorry. Settle in for just a second, gang, and then I'll I'll shut up and let you all say whatever else you want to say, but uh, I've been uh um taking some abuse lately and i guess i need to uh uh to say something all right if you we've tried as hard as we could here today in this show to talk about the positive aspects of what happened and i think we all give nick crawl some measure of credit for what he was able uh, to do under the circumstances he was placed under and i think it's perfectly fine to to um uh to spin some of this as positive. But if you see somebody out there that is 100% positive about what's going on with this Reds organization right now, you need to remember they're lying to you. Okay. Um, or at the very least, they're not telling you the entire truth. Um, uh, or they're what, you know, back in the cold war, we used to call them, they used to call them useful idiots. Somebody that's going to parrot whatever talking points the regime uh, here, ownership wants them to parrot. So, um, and I'm not talking about the, you know, I know a couple of guys that work for the Reds and they've, been just glowing reviews about how bright the future is. And that's fine. They're company men. I expect that that's no issue. But every time you see someone that's 100% positive about how awesome things are for the Reds right now because of all this, you need to remember every single time they're not telling you the entire truth. Uh, every time they have another hot take. Okay. Um, I'm wrong. Occasionally I try to admit that I'm when I'm wrong. Uh, my goal here has always been to, uh, to try to tell you the truth. And so I'm telling you, yeah, the Reds did a good job, but it's completely disgraceful that ownership after 16 years has allowed an organization to devolve to this point where they have to do this thing again. It's a never ending rebuild. So you hear us uh, all the time use terms like if you squint, this team could be good. Or if you look through rose colored glass, maybe this would happen. We say that because we're Reds fans. We want to be optimistic, but um, so yes, be very happy about the haul. But this is the exact reason why hashtag sell the team, Bob trended and i just i, I don't know, i gotta say uh i can't believe i call, I've called it stockholm syndrome i just can't believe how many reds fans just think that this is the way things have to be for us 
and uh, in perpetuity. And so we should be happy that they got good 19 year olds. Hashtag Joey <sighs> deserves better. That's the next one. There you go. So anyway, that's, I just had to get off my chest. Feel free to go back to attacking me now or talking about how great Nick crawl is. <laughs> you suck and you have a weird accent. <laughs> <laughs> that's not new. Yeah, really. Go back to attacking. So, I mean, it didn't say come up with there anything you go. I mean, original. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. No, seriously. I just needed to say that it, it's, it's not all bad here. They did some good business here in the last little bit. But it's it's just, you know, come on. Don't try to uh, – I'm not going to use – there's a couple of uh, indelicate uh, metaphors I came to mind that I'm not going to use. I'm not going to tell you it's rain, uh, that, it's, uh, that it's raining, if you know yeah. what I mean. It was, like I said earlier, it's just a drop in the bucket on what needs to happen. And we'll continue to be here and, and hope that it does. Um, but you're right. I mean, it deserves to be called out. It deserves to be blasted. Um, and I understand because I do podcasts with a gentleman who is probably one of the guys that you're talking about. He's very, no, very I'm not talking about anyone specifically. And, and, uh, you know, you'll hear me like say, that's a whole lot of if you just said, you know, there's, I try to keep it as real as possible, but I still, you know, like to be optimistic, but there's truth to both sides of it. And, you know, the one truth that we can all agree on is, we shouldn't be doing this year after year after year after year, have a good year, year after year after year, have a good year, year after year. Like San Diego just laid it out, how to do it. I'd love to have a good year as often as you just said that we had one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? San Diego did lay out the, the blueprint here. They were pretty much garbage for a long time. And they were, you know, a team that was just very poorly run. And they just, ownership decided they were going to do it. And have they they're done right. it yet? No, they're not really done anything yet. But they're not, they haven't stopped trying. The Reds had a decent little year there and then they panicked and quit. And so, anyway, just um, feel free to call me out. Old Pope takes exposed whenever I'm wrong. That's fine. But at least uh, know that I'll admit when I'm wrong uh, most <clears> of the time. And uh, that at least I'm just trying to tell you the entire truth. So, any publicity is good publicity, Chad. You know that. That's exactly right. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't mind getting attacked. Um, I like Clay Christian, when are we? Yeah, let's look at this. When, when are we going to be the team at the deadline sending the hall to get that piece to win instead of sending our players for the hall? When's the last time you remember the Reds being on that side? But they never have really gone all in that. Smart shot era. Yeah, I Trevor Barrett trade. Yeah, yeah. That, I don't that, know, that, that was that was speculating too. That was a weird one because they they, they yeah, weren't that, very good and they actually went in thinking that they were because that was before they went out and signed poorly, but Moustakis, Castellanos, uh, Shogo. That's probably the closest they, it's come. I don't know whether there's ever been another time that I can remember. Well, in, in, the, in the Marge era, they went out and got David Wells uh, late that year, and they got and there was another pitcher they got one Juan, Juan, Juan Guzman. Guzman. Juan Guzman, Guzman. Yeah. They went out late and got both of them, and, and, and I think there was another year that they, in the, in the Marge years, when they went out late and, and and you got maybe Dion and a pitcher and, and Mark Portugal. And Mark, yeah, Mark Portugal, yeah. yeah. So that's nobody, nothing like years. this. I mean, players like one soda don't come available too often. Yeah. So, yeah. What a fun you day in San Diego. I thought whoever was going to get him was going to get more than what the Padres gave up. I thought they were going to get just mm -hmm. completely torn up. 
Also, after all the trades the Padres made, they still have five of their top ten. That's crazy. I think the Reds got a better haul for Castillo than the um, Nationals got for Soto, which is absolutely what it sounds like. And yeah, the Padres insane. had no problem floating out CJ Abrams. Yeah, they're pretty quick. He didn't look very good in his brief cup of coffee this year. Either. So I don't know if they, I, they I saw something. Everybody keeps telling me how great he's going to be. And I'm like, I don't see any of it. I don't see any of the power. Be okay defensively, but maybe maybe he'll be great. Good luck oh. to him. You got Tatis Jr., yeah. so you can afford to let go of a, you know, let, let, let go of some middle infielders. So. And that Manny Machado guy. I think he's going to be an outfielder. Yeah. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been just absolute Nick Crawl playing 4D chess if he'd have traded a Hall for Juan Soto and then turned around and traded Juan Soto a couple hours <laughs> later for an even bigger Hall? Just turn that Hall they got for Castillo into an even bigger one. Why did, I'm a little surprised we didn't see that since Nick Crawl's a genius all of a sudden, according to uh, – You've been watching Giraffe people. Day with Kevin Costner too much. <laughs> <laughs> Literally never seen that movie. Um, so. You've seen every movie out there. Yeah, I've seen every, many movies. Every bad movie. <laughs> then, he, then he should have seen Draft Day. I've seen a lot of bad movies. It's true, guys. I gotta duck Joe, out. You gotta get out. I gotta duck out. Hey, appreciate Thank you. Joe. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, thanks out, for thanks for hanging with us uh, a little bit tonight, Joe. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Take care. We probably ought to uh, wrap this one up uh, as well pretty soon. Um, any hot takes? We need some hot takes here tonight, other than me just uh, ranting, uh, screaming at the clouds. Um, That's my who's got job. a hot take for me? <laughs> All right. Or just anything that you haven't had a chance to say yet that you wanted to say about the trade deadline and where the Reds are now and, and where they're going. I heard Nick Crawl tried to trade Joe Burrow today. <laughs> it would be a hot take, <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm glad that the Reds are if only the Reds could tank and get the number one pick overall, and all of a sudden their season changes. But isn't that lottery? Not, really. Not like football. Is, is baseball is going to be lottery. Everybody, isn't the number one two pick years lottery ago, next year? No, the top yep. three teams can get the have the same, or the bottom three teams have the uh, same percentage chance to get the number one overall pick, and then it's like. It's crazy. It's not. It's not locked in anymore. And number one yeah. overall picks hardly are great in the big leagues anyway. I think there's one Hall of Famer out of the number one overall Wait. pick ever. I did not know that. Who is it? Junior. Got to be Junior, right? I forgot who it was. Yeah, probably Junior. Uh, well, you know, and what's what's crazy is you know the Reds have never had the number one pick, overall pick. That's that's hard to believe. As many bad teams as they've had, they've never had the number one pick, overall pick. Who was the highest? For the Reds, was it one of those pitchers that never made above a ball and Chris Grueller? Chris Grueller, Chris Grueller, maybe. Yeah. Who, well, who, was one I, who was the one Sinzel I interviewed, Chad, when we first started Red Leg Nation? I met him down in, in Sarasota. I went to his house. I can't even remember his Eric kid's name. Nice kid, and and he, he just his arm fell off. You know, he, I don't, yeah, I don't remember. I know that uh, – well, Sinzel was the number two overall pick, so that he's one. It's got to be it then. Well, if you had never hit number one, number two is probably as high as you can go. Probably. <laughs> probably. Math is hard. 
Um, yeah. Nate, uh, any any final thoughts? Anything else that you, you really want to say here? Just that it's okay to acknowledge that Nick Crawl did good at who he got in return for players we like, and also be annoyed that your favorite team has done nothing to try to actually field a competent major league ball club. They might do so in the future. These guys might all pan out and the Reds might be one of the best teams in the league in a few years. And I sure as heck am hoping so. But my favorite team is now worse this year and next year. So a team that has only been like reasonably good four times since I was five is now going to be terrible for the next year and a half for sure. So I, I apologize for not being over the moon with today's results. You said A plus 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 earlier. Yeah, Crawl sounds did a like good over job. the moon. You didn't, you didn't say <laughs> how did the Castellinis do? How much do I like the plan? I think he did a good job of what he was told to do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Carlos, any anything else you want to add? I'd really like to see Hunter Green start mixing in his third pitch a little bit more this year. I don't know why he's going to feel the need to wait till the off season to do it. It won't have it won't simulate what he's going up against right now with actual major league hitters in there and seeing how they swing off of the pitch um, instead of just going into a net or to a bullpen catcher. Um, now's the best time to learn it. Um, Ashcraft, I'd like to see him locate his fastball 90% better than what he's doing right now. Um, and then, you know, Lodolo, just fine-tuning. I think he's the most advanced right now of the group. Yeah. Um, just be, keep seeing him advance and stay healthy and, and finish off strong. But yeah, Hunter Green, I'd really, really, really like to see him start working on that change up a little more. Yeah, well, one thing I, I wanted to bring more. up. Hold on, that, I couldn't um, disagree more quickly, and I'll let you say because I just got to get this out. Uh, I don't need Hunter Green experimenting right now. Okay, the Reds are like a half game out of third place. Okay, we have something to play <laughs> for here. Come on, sorry, Nate. <laughs> um, something I wanted to ask Carlos that he had brought up on his podcast, um, Late Night Reds Talk. Um, you wanted that you were arguing for keeping one of Castillo or Malley because you need somebody to show these young arms what life in the big leagues is like. How do you think this affects those young guys going forward now that you know the uh, the guy leading the charge there is Mike Miner? Um, I think it's going to affect them pretty good, but they're going to just create their own atmosphere within mm -hmm. the Reds clubhouse. Like I would imagine Hunter Green's going to be the leader of that staff because he looks, he talks, seems to be the most mature, but it's definitely going to, going to suck. They'll probably bring in somebody next year. I would hope, I pray they bring in somebody with several years of major league experience, even if they're not that great, just so they can see how this person you know, goes about his daily routine because all these guys that got traded, like, you know, Mally and Castillo, you're already hearing about how the guys are, you know, would watch what they do, not necessarily in a conversation, but, you know, see how they go about their business, what they do, the adjustments they make mid-game, the conversations they have with the pitching coach, with the catchers, because these guys are young. It takes time to learn this stuff. It takes games. It takes repetition. And you can't, just because you're the most talented in the world doesn't mean you're the best. You know, and that, that's where Hunter Green is. He has a lot to grow on. You can only learn so much from a pitching coach. You know, you have somebody, you have to have somebody there that's done it before. You know, one of Joey's, you know, greatest mentors was, was Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland 
you know, he had a, a good year and a half while Joey was there, but Joey learned from him how to be a professional, how to answer questions, how to go about his business, how to go about his routine. Like he was a huge part, you know, of Joey's success. And I, I really think that has a, a lot to do with these pitchers' success moving forward. Absolutely. Bill, you getting final thoughts before we get out of here? The only thing that occurred to me while we were talking is I think this is the first year I haven't been to the ball yard since I got out of the Navy, which was 1980. And I really don't know when I'll go again. What's it going to look like? What's what? I mean, what's the, the attendance has already been abysmal this year. That's just, it's I know that it can't get much worse, but it's going to well, be, I can't imagine school starting back. I can't imagine that there are going to be very many people. The other thing is you got to remember that they're counting season tickets, whether the people are there or not. And season ticket sales, I have to believe, are going to crater after 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 this season. The next two years, they, they won't sell they won't sell eight thousand season tickets. And I think right now they're probably in the eleven twelve thousand range. I'm guessing because I don't think they publish those numbers anywhere. I they'll be I lucky. The Reds are, I don't think the Reds are one of the teams that rely on ticket sales. Do they? Isn't most of their money coming from TV deals? Because they buck us every single game. I don't know. They, they complained about how much money they lost because they didn't have fans in the, in the stands. Well, yeah, we all knew that was a lie from the moment they said it. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just the I think that was convenient. It, it convenient was excuse. all 30 owners who said that bullshit. That's, that's, why, that's why they had to sell everybody off this winter because they lost so much money during the pandemic. Oh. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Padres, on the other hand. Oh. I mean, you don't believe it. Throw that hat back on, Chad. You look better with the brown and yellow anyway. You think so? You think so? I'm going to be a Padres fan for the rest of the year. Let's go. Show me what a small market team that spends money can do. There you go. Screenshot it. Hey, look. Send it to me. Can, can you imagine uh, Brandon Drury, man? That guy gets, you know, what if what if your job transferred you to San Diego? I'd accept that transfer. Get to go live in San Diego for a few months, play for a team in the playoff hunt. Like, what are all these him. people here for? Yeah, what, <laughs> what are all these wait a minute. here? <laughs> yeah, he's the first day. He's like, "What's going on?" Oh man, uh, you know we talk about this. Stuff. We're gonna keep, we're gonna keep talking about this theme every week. Um, I, I, what Nate hit on earlier—that's kind of the frustration that we're kind of committed to talking about this theme, and we watch them all the time. And I, yeah, the next couple of years, unless you're really dialed in on the minor league side, it's gonna be pretty ugly. And uh, you know, I don't know how we can uh, make it fun, but it's kind of our job to figure out how to make it fun. Uh, because I'm struggling right now because it's just the Reds don't have a major league roster right now. They just don't, you know, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't do say it's, it's baseball. Where do they finish? What's Third, fourth, or fifth in the division? I think I, I, if they'd have kept everyone, I would have said third, actually, the way it was going. But, yeah, they're going to they're gonna finish in the bottom. If they don't, that's right. sign David Bell to an extension if they don't. Oh, there's your hot take. David Bell needs an extension. That was your hot take right there. <laughs> your unintentional hot take was came in the last 30 seconds. There we go. Um, but I'm a Padres and Mariners fan now, so gotta get me a Mariners cap. So is the rest of America. There you go. <laughs> For you know, seriously, that Padres theme, I'm joking, obviously, but uh that's gonna be a fun team to watch down the stretch. A lot of fun players there. Yeah, they're, they're right. half a game behind Chicago and a full game up on Pittsburgh right now. <laughs> they could have finished third place, which is like 
the third best season in terms of the standings they've had in the last 20 years. <laughs> and they Jesus gave it all Christ. away to get a haul. Oh my goodness. Anyway. All right, guys. Hey, this was fun. Thank you all. There were moments. Yeah. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I can't do this anymore. All right. Yeah, guys, man. thank you all and all of you for listening. Uh, we'll put this up on all our uh, channels so you can see it and uh, audio version as well in the podcast feed. Um, we're at Riverfront Cincy everywhere. Um, Carlos, Nate, Bill, thank you guys so much. Yeah, buddy. For so uh, for Carlos uh, Guevara, Nate Dotson, Bill Lack, and let's say, um, I don't know, some 19-year-old kid that I never heard of until yesterday. This is Chad Dotson saying... So long, everyone.